Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, Episode 16, Jeff Britton, Part 2, The First American Ninja Warrior. Welcome to the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. And I'm Ian Dory. I'm Brian Arnold. And I'm Noah Kaufman, the Ninja Doc. Thanks for joining our weekly conversation about health, fitness, and all things Ninja Warrior. We will be interviewing all of the top American Ninja Warrior stars, and we encourage you to visit our website, www.wolfpackninjas.com. And kids, you can get your free Wolfpack Ninja Cub certificate there. If you like our podcast, please share, subscribe, and like on iTunes. Also, give us a follow on our social media. We're always posting new content, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Together, we can make the world a healthier and happier place. So join us. All right, so last week we had Jeff Britton the first half of his interview. This week we have the second half, and I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's awesome. So psyched. Really psyched. Okay, well, you know, let's uh, see what Jeff has to say. He already, you can tell, man, that he is a good, good guy. And he's an inspiration. He's a total inspiration to to everyone. And and I think that you guys are going to be surprised by some of the things he has to say today. Last episode, we left with a cliffhanger. I asked him, you know, what do you, how much percent of the time do you think you try your hardest? And I want to talk about that a little bit later on in the show because his inter- his answer is pretty interesting and I have some interesting thoughts about you know how often we actually try our hardest because I think we try think we try our hardest but I'm not sure if we actually do. Yeah, I mean just thinking about trying your hardest is very subjective because it's going to be influenced by your surroundings, the people you're with. I mean if you're alone it's going to be different than with your when if you're with somebody who climbs or with somebody who's better than you or even worse than you is going to influence how hard you try. It's a big psychological component. Mm -hmm. I think as athletes too, you can kind of gauge when you're trying your hardest. Like there's oftentimes where I'll be trying a boulder and I'm like, okay, I just need to try harder. Like I'm probably giving about 75% right now. Like I actually need to give a little bit more. And I think that's kind of cool that as an athlete, you can kind of gauge that. Absolutely. Okay. You guys want to hear the last half of his interview? Yes. Of course. Let's do it. What percent of the time would you say you try your actual hardest? Hmm. That is an interesting question. Yeah. On a day-to-day basis, training, I would say I try my hardest one or two days a week. I will hit that point where I'm fully maxing myself out, where I'm trying something that is just on the tips. For me, as I've gotten older, it's come down a lot to injury prevention. And it sounds so old, but it's very true. You know, I find I can push myself to getting hurt. How how old are you now? I'm 36 years old now. You know, when I was in my 20s, I could push myself hard five, six days a week, as hard as I could, wake up and feel good the next day. Now, if I do that, you know, my fingers might hurt for a week or tweak a shoulder or something. So it's very, I have a method I have to follow. And it might be the same way for you. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we're a lot smarter though i think we're definitely figured it out you know <laughs> the mental game helps so much being a little bit older you know i might have been stronger when i was 20 i'm sure you were as well but that mental fortitude the life skills you've learned the hundreds of jumps you've made where you've landed on a foot 
and you've learned your balance, you've learned your body so well, I think that's a factor that can never be underestimated. So you're a family man. Tell us a little bit about your family. Well, I'm married. I have a beautiful wife, Jess. We met in the climbing gym. We literally met. We talked for a little bit. I think we both knew at that second that we were going to be together. And it took a little while, but we ended up together, started dating, a lot of great climbing trips together. Before we got married, we got pregnant with Allison. So we had a beautiful daughter. And after that, we got married and we've been together ever since. We have a six-year-old daughter, Allison. She is a little ninja wannabe. You know, that's one of the best parts about this. She gets to come out to all the events with us, just like your son, gets to hang out with the ninjas. She gets to try the courses, best training, best coaches, best events, best obstacles. And she loves it. The kids all love it. And she's actually pretty cool in school right now because I'm her dad and she gets to go out and meet all these big celebrities on TV. You know, the kids love her. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. And, you know, we've been watching you on – we follow you, of course, on your Instagram and, and the little nature trips that you guys are taking and just the afternoons out and getting in the canoe. So cool. Yeah, that was a nice canoe trip we took. You know, I've always felt that one of the most important things you can do is get out and be outside and be active outside. You know, growing up as a kid, I grew up in Hawaii and, you know, I was lucky. I grew up before the internet, before video games, and that's what we did. We'd go out to the beach. And after school, I would go to the beach and go surfing or go body surfing and I would show back home home for dinner. You know, it was like growing up in the 50s or 60s where kids played baseball. Right. Now a lot of kids don't do that. And that is such a vital part of growing up as a child. Absolutely. Just to switch gears up a little bit, what do you think the future looks like for Ninja Warrior? I think the future is going to entail Team Ninja Warrior and I think the future is going to entail an extremely hard American Ninja Warrior. I think the courses are going to get much, much harder. And I think you can also have a different group of all-stars who are doing the Team Ninja Warrior. And I think that's great. I think having both of those together are the perfect show, not only for us to compete in, but for people to watch and enjoy at home and to inspire people. And I'm really excited about season eight because I can't imagine how hard they're going to have to make it to be unbeatable because I know how hard people have been training. Yeah. Yeah. What was your experience with Team Ninja? Team Ninja was interesting. I went into it a little hesitant because I'm not a speed guy. I'm a climber, just like you. I like to plot out my path. I really want to know exactly what I'm going to do. And Team Ninja Warrior has none of that involved. Right. You can have that plan going in, but that plan is out the window the second you start sprinting at a full sprint across obstacles. It's it's insane. And (laughs) it really is. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, I think there was a palpable excitement and the crowd was really, really cheering. Did you get excited? Did you get into it kind of like that? My first run, I was more nervous. The second run I got to do, I was absolutely into it. You know, yeah. I finally got my game face on and I was ready to go. And that felt good. That was like the neatest thing about it to me was doing Ninja Warrior. I feel like you get nervous before courses. And I feel like in Team Ninja Warrior, there wasn't as much of that there. Maybe for your first run, but after your first run, you know what the course is. That's all out of the way. Now it's just you know what you have to do and you have to go fast. And you're yeah, you look over who's ever next to you and you're gonna have to beat that guy. You're going head to head with him. And it's it's like your your brothers in combat, but you're combating against each other. And at the end of the day, we're friends, 
before we're friends, but in that moment, it's a head-to-head race. And that's, that's like you said, I mean, I think it's the future of Ninja Warrior. And competition is, it's not your strong suit. I mean, you know, you, it sounds like you really enjoyed it and you enjoyed the, the camaraderie and there is that competition aspect to it. It seems like for a lot of people, their level maybe gets raised if they're in a competitive environment. I know it's true of Brian, Isaac, certainly, obviously. You also are just kind of focused on defeating the course. It must have changed the dynamic quite a bit running against someone. It definitely does. Um, I've never enjoyed competing against other people. A long time ago, I used to compete in a lot of climbing competitions, and I really didn't enjoy it. And, you know, it sounds silly saying that as we do this big, huge summer hit show that's about competing against other people in the minds of many viewers. But in reality, it's never really been like that. And Team Ninja Warrior is, and I enjoyed it. And I would love to go back for a second chance. And I would be very interested to see how it goes for a second season. I'm sure it'll get picked up and... I'm sure people will actually know how to be ready for it this time. And I think that's going to change a lot too. Do you think that the the overall controversy, you know, and with you and Isaac, do you think that's going to hurt or help the show? Personally, you know, it's hard for me to talk about because I, I mean, I've talked to you about this. Yeah. And I don't want that to be a factor in the show. Totally. My, my favorite part of American Ninja Warrior is that everybody is a hero. And I love that. It's a show you can sit down with your family and watch every night, you know, every Monday night, and you can cheer for all of these amazing people, real people who in that moment are heroes because they're pushing themselves so hard. And that speaks a lot to me. And I think it speaks to millions of people across America and watching the movement grow. That's, that's, that's what makes me want to come back to it and do it again. So for them to go to a controversial route where there's you have, you know, Britain versus Caldiero or whatever it may be, I'm very uncomfortable with that. And that for me personally would be a reason for me not to do the show ever again because that's not what it's about to me. I'm not there to get my name out and be a celebrity. I'm there to hopefully inspire some people and to do these amazing obstacles not to give them a dramatic show. And they may go that route in the future. We'll see. But I certainly hope they don't. And I'm certainly hoping it's not involving myself. I I hope they don't. You know, I think that it's real easy for mainstream TV to want to pick up on a story that's going to be sensational and scandalous or whatever. And I think I agree with you that, that it would be completely detracting. I think a lot of people, because, you know, the ninja's already always kind of knew the rules going into it. And it always had to do with money, you know, but most of us weren't there for money. We're there to pit ourselves against this course and try and complete this course. And I think that knowing the rules is one thing, but I think when the moment the show was over, you know, half of America was like, wait a second, what just happened? There were two champions and wait, who who won? You know, like there, there was a lot of confusion and it's, it's really kind of played out in the, in the ongoing commentary and conversation. Sometimes it's a, it's tough to get away from. And I hope the show gets away from it. No, it has. It's, <laughs> it really has. It's been tough. I hate to see people fighting over stuff like that. And there's no reason people should argue about it like high schoolers. And at the end of the day, it's a TV show. 
and we did what we did and and that's the bottom line we climbed up a 75 foot rope and isaac won a million dollars and i've said it before and i'll say it again i am so proud of him you know it was amazing i couldn't do it he did and he won he's the first grand champion and for people to get upset about that and be confused to me it's very clear how i feel about it and from everything i've heard and my personal belief is we are both the first american ninja warriors because we're the first people to ever do it technically i did it first because i did it before him and he's the first grand champion whatever you want to call him he's the first winner and he absolutely killed it and i understand why people were confused about it you know some people even bring in the fact that i hit six buzzers which to me is it's a non-issue that's it's very cool for me but that doesn't matter in the aspect of the show whatsoever because once you go to vegas it's a clean start and some people don't seem to realize that it's you know a fresh day but well, but nobody's ever done that though. Which is which is great, you know. But they don't give that any kind of prevalence in the show. You know, they never even mentioned it, so it's not a big deal to them. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it. I hope they don't go with a head-to-head matchup. I really don't. And what was it like to watch to watch Isaac just? destroy the rope and you know we had never seen him move that fast I, I thought honestly i i was thinking that you had it in the bag because we've trained the rope with we all know each other very well and you moved super fast like a lot faster you know ian was really the only one getting times like you were getting brian was pretty close isaac didn't even seem to be training the rope all that much and when he did he, you know it was he it didn't seem like he you know was really dominating the time or anything. I think it was a surprise to him too. What was it like to watch him just fly up that rope? Well, you know, a lot of people have said that if Isaac had gone first, there would be no controversy because he would have won and he would have had the fastest time and been the first. Now, psychologically to me, there's something very big about watching somebody do something that's never been done and it's inspiring to you. You know, and I think that's a big part of it. Now, that being said, both of us, I think, had personal records that night, which is amazing at five o'clock in the morning after a long couple nights in the desert. Watching him was amazing because he had a bad start. And, you know, I'm watching him and I was cheering for him because I wanted him to finish it. I didn't care about the money. Like, I never thought about the money that night. That was never part of my goal. You, you can watch the whole show. You never see me upset or worried about it because I wasn't and I'm still not. Yeah. So it was really cool to get to see him go. And I actually was worried for him because he kind of messed up at the start. He slipped and then he took off like a rocket. He just sped up it. You know, you could tell he was going to win. He just kept going faster and faster. You know, I started really fast and I got extremely tired. My goal when I started, Noah, was yeah. to get halfway just so I didn't embarrass myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> That would have been my goal as well, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, it's intimidating, man. You look up at that rope, like, wow, that's it's pretty high up there. Well, and, and people don't realize you're already emotionally and psychologically just – you've been pushed so hard. I mean, we have to do these courses back-to-back, multiple nights staying up. Our sleep is horrible. You know, it, 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 there's all these other factors, and it's very – it brings out the weakness in me, and I think in all the ninjas, it, it – it really is one of the biggest obstacles is not the obstacles themselves, but the circumstances of the show. 
Yep, and that's why I think people talk about the mental game being so strong, and that's where it comes from. It's the ability to say, okay, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I haven't slept, and I need to find some way to make my body stronger than it's ever been before. And I have one word for you for that. It is called adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you did it. You did it. Man, and, and it, it was magic to see two brothers, uh, two climbing brothers who are part of my tribe. I was so proud of both you guys, man. And and it was such a very important moment in my life as well. I want to thank you for that personally, seeing someone who's put in so much time and effort, who's such a good person, get to the top of the the rope like that in under 30 seconds. When they said it was 30 seconds, I was like, great, we're not going to have a winner again. Yep. You might have thought the same thing. I think Isaac and I both looked at each other in that moment and had the same thought. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't want a winner. They don't want a winner. And then you guys both did it. The climbers did it. Do you know what's interesting? Uh, Isaac and I got to watch the final together with Matt Eisman in New York. Right. And Matt was telling us, he had a question for us. He said, I'm very curious if we had made the time limit 40 seconds. He said this is what production was talking about quite a bit. If we had made it 40 seconds, would have you guys finished it in 39 seconds and 37 seconds? You know, did you push yourselves to that? Or was that just your physical capabilities? That's interesting. That made me think for quite a bit about, you know, when you're in a situation, do you do you rise to the occasion or do you race to the time limit? You know, uh, I, I said that very poorly, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah. And, do, you, do you lift the car off the baby? Yeah. You guys showed mental fortitude beyond physical prowess that and that's what really, really impressed me. What what advice would you give to your young fans out there, to aspiring ninjas, to, to youngsters out there, not just for athleticism, but just for life? You know, the most important thing I've learned in life is to never give up. Life can seem so hard and so confusing and so impossible sometimes. And all you have to do is keep going forward. Just keep walking, get to the next day, Keep moving and everything will get done. Yeah. You know, have a plan. And, and that it sounds so simple, but it's so hard for so many kids. It's something I struggled with. You know, I've had times in my life where I was depressed or felt down and I had no reason to be. And what I've always done is I've just kept moving forward. I have a great big sign behind me right now. It's a, one of those great wall stickers. And it says the only easy day was yesterday. <laughs> I love it. It's a Navy SEAL motto. And it's something I've believed my whole life. And it's very, very true to me. Because once you can get past today, tomorrow will be no problem. Do you think climbing ever helped you with some of those uh, down days and kind of some of the depression you dealt with at times? Absolutely. I think one of the most important things in life is having a good sense of friends, having hobbies, and having goals. You know, if you have those three things, life will be okay. And people seem to struggle when they're missing a core component of that. If you don't have friends, if you don't have a hobby, or if you don't have goals, it's very hard. You can feel like you're listless. And climbing is a great way to achieve all of those. The community is amazing. Everyone will be your best friend, will help you. It gives you a hobby, and it will give you goals. You can continually improve. The strongest rock climbers in the world, as we know, 
still struggle. Nothing comes easy as a climber. It's always hard. Right. <laughs> you can always find something that is just that feels impossible. Yeah. That's why we call Ninja Warrior the climbing the climber's senior circuit. Yeah. <laughs> Ninja senior Warrior. Tour. It's the it is. It's the senior tour. Yep. It's like where old climbers go. And thank God the new guy, like the Jimmy Webbs and the you know, some of those guys. Not yet. We'll see, buddy. We'll see. Oh man. Oh we got uh we got Josh Levin coming out this year. Yeah, he's, I he's heard pretty it. strong, good friend of mine. Yeah, he's like ABS uh champion. Yep. Oh yeah, I've climbed with him in, in Tahoe actually and set a comp for him. Yeah, it would be cool. You know, I, I even heard Sharma was considering it, so Can you imagine how phenomenal that would be? Oh, oh I dude. I wish he would. Maybe I should send him a letter and be like, Hey Chris, let's go. Let's Come on. email him. Let's email him. I'll do it. <laughs> I will do. Let's I actually it. camped with him in rifle when he was 14 years old. Yeah. And I got to see him change the face of American rock climbing. And that was one of the coolest moments of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, he, he climbed every 514 in a week and nobody ever climbed like two in a month before. I was in uh, I was in Waco with him when he did Slash Face. And, you know, I, I did my first V6 or something. And I was like... <laughs> And he was just a teenager. He's just a young pup, you know, late 90s. And he was just he was a shy guy, stand behind the fire. And, and then, yeah, to to just see what he could do, it was just unbelievable and, and move the whole sport forward. And, and guys like that are out there who have not done Ninja yet. And it's going to be crazy, you know, if they start getting involved and the courses start to become like legit V12 you know, <laughs> instead of V6 or V7, you know, like. Some part of me hopes they don't do that because, you know, part of the appeal of the show has always been that it's it's for average people to be amazing on it. Yes, yes. And then you bring in these professional athletes and that changes that a little bit. But it's also exciting to watch on TV. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, certainly. And so we've had a blast uh, following you. If people want to follow you, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, what what are your handles on, on social media? I post a lot on Instagram. You can find me there at Jeff Britton. Pretty easy to Google me and find anything you'd ever want. I'm Ninja Jeff on Twitter. I don't post there as often. And facebook.com slash Jeff Britton. And Jeff Britton is G-E-O-F-F-B-R-I-T-T-E-N. Yes, it is. Thank you, Noah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure everybody can uh, <laughs> hop on there and give you a follow. Yeah, come say hi. Come say hi. I always respond to everybody. I do my best. Um, always will. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me. I love to talk to people. We've been speaking with Jeff Britton. He is an absolute true American hero, one of the first finishers of the whole shebang of the American Ninja Warrior course. He is an American Ninja Warrior. He is a legend no matter what. He has established his place in history. Jeff, you are a friend. You're a brother. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Noah. And you are hired anytime as my personal publicist. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Wow, you guys. That was the second part of Jeff Britton's interview. And I got to say, you know, there's an opening in the Wolfpack. Isaac uh, left us. What do you guys think about taking Jeff Britton on into the Wolfpack? I love Jeff Britton. Yeah, we should I'd do totally it. I'd totally be psyched. Oh, Jeff would be an amazing asset. I mean, he's a climber. He's like basically one of us. The only problem is he lives far away. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. He would be great to train with. I mean, he has the same mental mindset, I think, as, as we do. We do Skype sessions for training. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, did you hear his honesty about trying hard? 
lot of people you ask, you say, you know, did you try your hardest? And, oh, I, I'm always trying my hardest. I always try my hardest. He was like, I only try my hardest maybe once, maybe one or two days a week. And he trains every day, two hours a day. But there's only like one moment where he actually gets onto his fingertips and he feels like he's failing because he's trying his hardest. That is incredible honesty. And I think that's true. And it opens up a big question mark of like, how hard can you try? It really resonated with me when he was talking about pushing yourself to the limit where you're going to, you might get hurt. And as he gets, as he's gotten older, he he's afraid to take himself to that point. It sounds like, and I, I feel the same way. So very fascinating to hear his thoughts on the whole thing. I, um, the, the more I listened to him, the more respect that I, I, I got, I, I have for Jeff. Great guy. Yeah. So my question from listening to that is, okay, he has two hours to train per day and he's probably or more than likely training by himself or maybe he's got a partner. I'm not too sure, but how would he know if he's pushing himself to his personal limit? I guess he's trained so long he would have an idea, but maybe how he was able to climb the rope in 30 seconds was he was put in an environment where he was able to break through to a new level that he wasn't even aware that he had. Well, it raises an interesting question. Could Jeff be a lot better than he is if he trained with a group of people? You know, it sounds like he does the opposite of what we have done as the Wolfpack. We train together. He trains more by himself. So will, would it make him better? Or, or is what he's doing the best way to train? That is a really interesting point. And I, I mean, from personal experience... I would say that he would become better just because if you're with people that are training hard and pushing themselves, you automatically step up your game without even having to consciously do it. You just do it naturally. Agree. I definitely agree with Ian because, like, you guys train together a lot, but I obviously don't train with you guys as much because it's hard to fit into my schedule. But when I do, I do feel like I get pushed more and push to try harder when I am training with you guys. So I think that could be something that would be beneficial for someone like Jeff. Yeah, and I I know personally when we were training last year, a lot of the listeners might not know this, but we were training the rope every other day for about two to three months. I forget the exact time Yeah, leading up to the show together. I actually bought the full-length rope, and we were taking it to El Dorado Canyon, and we were hanging it up there, and and we were climbing it there, and then we eventually started climbing it in, in one of the local gyms, not the full length. But um, I feel like that was a huge part of us all getting faster at the rope because Ian, Ian was the fastest out of all of us. Yeah, Ian he, was the fastest. Consistently, he was blowing our times out of the water. Isaac and I were the slowest. It, it's true. And then eventually what happened was we all studied Ian and what Ian was doing and we all were able to raise the level of our rope climbing. So I, I, I definitely see the group training as a huge asset. And it would be great to see if Jeff would be able to push his level even higher if he trained. We got to get him out here to train with us. Yeah, so the, the team con- training component I think is huge. But then when you're actually in the competition, I think that camaraderie amongst all of us, all the wolf pack is able to channel into each individual. So like when we're on stage one or in the city qualifier or climbing the fourth stage, we're all able to be with each other and channel that energy that we all as Wolfpack members have 
to help that person get up the wall. When when he did it, when Isaac did it, I got, I don't know about you guys, I got nonstop tweets and like social media <clears throat> uh, communications from fans that said, congratulations, Wolfpack. You did it. I think everybody, all the ninjas were like, you guys did it. You guys, because they know how hard we work together and we pushed each other and we just so badly wanted to to do it. You know, we wanted to get somebody up there. And I think there was definitely, it, it's kind of like a wrestling match. You know, each wrestler is an individual, but there's a team component to it as well. And, and I, I think that it, it kind of propelled us forward. Yeah, that being said, um, you can't take away the person's individual drive. Of course. So, we, you know, we can't take credit for Isaac's win. Um, but at the same time, I, I say that I, I know I'm better because I train with all you guys. So, um, Amen, dude. Yeah. Yeah. If I wasn't training with you guys and wasn't, you know, in that environment, I don't think I'd be at the same level. So I think part of Isaac leaving is, you know, pretty emotional for all of us and really hard to have him step aside. And so it's just a kind of this weird environment sometimes. Like he left and he's doing his own El Solo Lobo thing. And I think we're all like, what what it's kind of like it was hard it was sad for me i've known him for 15 years and it it was hard when he stepped back away from the wolf pack and yeah we left yeah we were all training hard together and i still don't understand personally why he did it um i never felt like i got a an answer for that and we don't communicate much yeah it's tough it's tough it's it's yeah it's 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 a tough thing and going back to the point of all of us being in a group and making us making each other stronger. I think one of the reason that works so well is because we are so individual. We are so individualistic within the group. We all are self-driven. And then we all want to be the best individually. We, that's just how we are wired. And so that pushes each person to try to be better. Like I am always trying to like strive to be as good as Ian when it comes to climbing. And when I'm with him and I see what he does, it inspires me. I'm like, I I want to do that. I want to be like Ian. So individually, you have to have that drive. And the group is just a way to get like-minded people together. You know, I really want to be the next ninja American Ninja Warrior. And I want you guys to do it as well. But you know who I want to be the American Ninja Warrior next out of everybody? Who? Megan. <laughs> you can do it. Like, seriously. Oh, you're so sweet. I want you. I know you can do it. I, you're amazing. I you're, want Megan to be the next Jeff. And I want to be the winner. <laughs> but we can split it 50 50 yeah uh no i'm done i'm done doing any kind of deals <laughs> yeah he's got to give me 10 percent. so listen listen you guys this was incredible now jeff said he was trying to beat the course and he was going first and the time limit was 30 seconds that's what he was trying to beat he wasn't trying to beat isaac he just wanted to beat the course he's not a real competitive guy and he just wanted to beat the course, and he did it, and we all went crazy. But Isaac steps up, and Isaac is a competitive guy, and he wants to beat Jeff, and he wants to make the million dollars, and he just dominated. He crushed. But it's interesting because their goals were similar but different. Jeff wanted to beat the American Ninja Warrior course, and you know he says that in the interview. He says, I wasn't focused on beating Isaac, but Isaac was focused on beating Jeff. I think that was a little circumstantial too because it I think things would have been different had the order been different. Like That might be true. Because yeah. 
if Jeff had gone second, technically Isaac becomes part of the course because in beating the course, he has to beat Isaac. So right. I think maybe he would have, it would have been worded differently had it been the opposite it, way. It's so fascinating to see, like, the mental side of it, too. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because you're, I mean, you're just never trying to technically beat other people. You are trying to beat the course to get to the, like, next round. And unless you are just against the course in your final round, you do technically have to beat the other person in order to win. Yeah, I really wish we would have seen um, Isaac compete in Team Ninja Warrior because he does have that competitive side. He's so good, yeah. He would have carried his team for sure. He's an interesting personality. You know, I, I've known Isaac for 15 years, and he's a, a climber to the core, and he just wanted to, to finish this thing and get the first ascent. I just thought it was interesting what you just said about him being able to carry his team. I think, yes, he would have done everything he could, but, like, at the end of the day, one person can't win for a team. Right. one person could do everything perfectly, and they still could lose. It's yeah. the relay. Yeah, it comes down to the relay. But even getting to the relay... You could you could carry your team to the relay. You can't. One one person one could. One captain could. One one, one good captain. One person could not. Well, one person, even if they weren't the captain, as long as they were taking the captain's spot, they could That's theoretically. What I'm oh, because they but, get but, the two but point no, anchor. If you yeah. are a woman, you could not because you're not allowed to take the two point spot. There yeah, that was ridiculous. One person cannot carry a team. Yeah, I think we all agree that the Team Ninja Warrior rules were a little bit off, and there could be some adjusting. It was off. a great first. Yeah, no, Definitely it was super a great fun, first run, but, but they kind of made women a little inadequate. Because on a lot of the teams that got farther, the women kind of didn't mean anything. You could have asked. I wonder what they would have said if you... Because no one ever asked, can we put the the woman in the captain's spot? No, no one ever... people asked. Because, did they? Because Jessie was technically a captain, and they told her she couldn't run in the captain's spot. Oh, right, mm-hmm. right. So I think it was kind of blatant. It just was interesting to see how sometimes the women really didn't matter. Huh. Do you guys miss Isaac? I think we should not talk about that. I there's there's definitely some aspects that having Isaac included in our training were really inspirational. I think that his methodology and his mindset towards ninja training and the way that he analyzed himself as well as the courses was really 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 awesome and talented. Yeah. But I mean, I think that him basically abandoning us was just heartbreaking and so i'm like i don't really want him to come back because of what he did but at the same time you know i learned a lot from him so it's hard to be angry or anything i think at the time he was like fun and funny to be around that's really i'm gonna miss the isaac that we used to train with i knew isaac for 15 years and spent a lot of time with him on the road i even did surgery on his arm you can look on vimeo we have like a little video of it we climbed all around doing first ascents. He stayed at my house multiple times. And uh, <clears throat> I, I miss the, I guess I miss the conception of, you know, having him as a wolf brother and as a fellow climber. I, I do. I, I, you know, I, I miss the camaraderie, which we still have, but, you know, it's like cutting off a hand or something. And, uh, you know, it's it's growing back and that wound heals a little bit. But I was pretty surprised that he that he stepped away from uh, from the group. It was pretty interesting. It wasn't. We were all shocked. And what what, what I think what makes it hard is we don't really communicate like we used to. So 
we went from being really good friends and we hung out almost every day to zero to little communication. So weird. And we, yeah, we don't know why. We, yeah. It's not up to us because we've tried. Him winning basically caused us to lose a friend. Kind of crazy. So Jeff Britton is an amazing guy. It, he, what he did was unbelievable. Uh, he's obviously gone down in history uh, for many people as the first American Ninja Warrior. And then for many others as one of the first American Ninja Warriors. And then for many others as just the guy who happened to take second place and was the first place loser. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have a, it's interesting, we have a poll on our website who is the first American Ninja Warrior? You may be surprised at, at what you see. There's a couple other choices there, too. There's uh, Casey Catanzaro and Brian Arnold and Joe, and Joe Moravsky. So it's not just <laughs> Jeff and Isaac, is it? How, how are we included in that? <laughs> I know. Oh, I voted. Oh, be, because you never know what the American public thinks about the first American Ninja Warrior. A lot of people think Casey Catanzaro was the first. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she was amazing and she did an amazing thing and... Yeah, she has an incredible interview that, that is coming up shortly here. Actually, so. you, we should have added um, Travis Rosen to that because some people said that since he did the fourth stage first. Oh, yeah. right, right. That's true. That's a good point. Maybe I should throw him on the poll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you guys want to move on and do some tips? I think that was a, a, maybe a little bit of an emotional episode. But uh, Jeff Britton, we love you. You're, you're an amazing guy. And uh, thank you so much for being an inspiration to all the rest of us ninjas uh and you know you got up there and it's amazing man much respect man much respect yeah let's fly him out here to train with us yay more jeff more jeff (laughs) all right let's do some tips megan i often get asked how i cross train and up until a year ago i would have said i don't cross train at all but for this past year i've been focusing on adding cardio into my workout probably like two to three times a week because it was kind of the thing that I was missing when it came to climbing. I didn't have a lot of cardio and I've noticed that it really helps my overall fitness level. So if you're trying to find a good cross training workout, just look for the areas that you're kind of missing and find workouts that highlight those areas. It was really great hearing from Jeff Britton. What a legend. One thing I noticed that he has mastered is upper body control. If you want to have more control like Jeff, consider adding in some forearm endurance training. This can be as easy as hanging on a free spinning bar three times for one minute each, resting one minute between each set. I know I say it a lot, but always listen to your body and don't get injured. If you're feeling like this is easy, you can always add a 90 degree lock off and a full lock off to make it more challenging. Believe it or not, our children are very active. It would be great if they were more active and went to the climbing gym or participated in after-school sports, but the most important element to childhood health is definitely nutrition. It's critical that we reduce the amount of sugar in our children's diets. In many cases, it's as easy as cutting out juice and soda. One way to wean our children from the sugar addiction is to start watering down the juice they drink until there's very little juice or none at all. Try making desserts by cutting up fruit and raspberries and strawberries and the like. We really need to focus on nutrition to improve the health of our kids. Please make this a priority for your kids. Okay, so this tip is for those of you who are going to be running a Ninja Warrior course for the first time. These are going to be night shoots. And so you're going to want some warm clothing. Even if you are in a city that is typically warm, bring something anyways. It's better to be overprepared. I don't even know, is that possible to be overprepared? 
for something. Anyways, uh, bring something warm to wear. That way you're going to be comfortable and you'll have a fun time. Bring, bring rain gear. You don't want to get wet. Have fun this year. Have fun indeed. To everybody who got the call, congratulations. The rest of the Wolves will be competing in Indianapolis next week. I did not get a call yet. There may be something going on in TV land. Maybe I'll have one for another uh, qualifier. But as of right now, I am not going to be competing. This is the Ninja Duck. And so good luck to the rest of my Wolves and the rest of everybody competing. It's going to be a great season. Next week, we return with another amazing veteran ninja. We have Travis Brewer, and this guy is amazing. He got to the top of the warp wall, pressed right into a handstand, like with no hesitation, walked over on his hands to the buzzer and hit the, hit the buzzer, and that was in uh, L.A. last season. It was pretty incredible. Anyways, unfortunately, we heard word that Travis Brewer was also not invited back. So the show this year has decided not to invite back some of the top ninjas, and hopefully we can uh, find out a little bit more about why. But the cool thing about our community is whether or not the ninjas are on the American Ninja Warrior TV show, they're still a vibrant and important part of our ninja community and our ninja family. And so we welcome Travis Brewer. He's a great guy. It's going to be awesome to have him on the show. So see you next week. So much for joining the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. If you liked it, please tell a friend. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Remember to visit our website at www.wolfpackninjas.com and join us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Join us next time for another exciting episode with your favorite ninjas and informative health tips. I did have something else to say, but I forgot. Let's get to the interview.